How you doing, everybody? The Jet Comic Podcast Network. Welcome to Sports Cars, a podcast where Chicago sports broadcasting pioneer and a national legal expert get into the legal goings of sports. And now your hosts, Chet Kovic and Lester Munson. The game's people play, the smoke-filled rooms. How you doing, everybody? I'm Chet Kopic, along with Lester Munson. Welcome once again to uh, Sports Court. Sports Court, of course, brought to you by our great friends John Coyne and the marvelous people at American Taxi, Chicago's premier suburban taxi service. When you people out in the burbs are thinking about a taxi, whether it's O'Hare, whether it's Midway, wherever you happen to want to go, you always go. You're always going to go economically, safely, at your best with American Taxi. Uh, Lester, the uh, man who occupies the Oval Office, Barack Obama, would seem to have a great deal on his mind right now. Uh, can you explain why he would call Robert Lurie, the owner of the Philadelphia Eagles, and just what this might do to uh, help cure a sagging economy and uh, an educational America that right now, in my opinion, is in the gutter? You know, with uh, two wars going on and... Uh Terrorists attacking Oh, yeah, by us. the way, two wars going on. Yeah, there are two wars. <laughs> the economy is in the tank. Uh, things are going rather badly. Uh, and the president of the United States had time to call the owner of the Philadelphia Eagles. He called him, supposedly, to compliment him on his use of alternative sources of energy in the building that the Eagles occupy. Oh, so, please. congratulations. And then... Peter King, the great NFL reporter, a friend of both of ours, he manages to extract from the Eagles the fact that President Obama also complimented Lurie on the signing of Michael Vick. He told him what a wonderful, fine gentleman he was to give this guy a second chance. He had paid his debt to society, and so therefore he, the President of the United States, wanted to give him uh, a nice compliment. He didn't do this when Vic signed in August of '09 with the Eagles, he did it only after Vic became an MVP candidate. So it's the timing is interesting and perhaps suspect. This uh, all makes me want to go out and uh, just uh, sing Yankee Doodle Dandy at the top of my lungs. Uh, <laughs> I mean, why why would Barack Obama waste his time? Number one, talking to Bob Lurie about uh, Michael Vick, and number two, Lester. If you think I'm wrong, feel free to throw the left hook. But I fully maintain that the uh, words I heard uh, years ago by a man far brighter than yours truly, that no president ever died of overwork, could not be more true in the case of uh, uh, any president I have had during my lifetime, most notably Barack Obama, who spends the bulk of his time at Choose One, Camp David, or the Hawaiian Islands. Yeah, he does manage to get the uh, Christmas vacation. He's out there on the golf course with his two buddies, uh, from Chicago Christmas here. vacation. He takes Valentine's Day and Arbor Day off. <laughs> right, right. Well, you know, he does have a rough act to follow in George W. Bush. George <laughs> W. Bush didn't know how to take time off, particularly in the second term. Uh, whatever he did at the ranch in Crawford, Texas, he did it a lot. I'm not sure what he was doing there, but he certainly enjoyed it, and he spent a lot of time there. All right, uh, 2011. For those of you at home who are uh, listening to us right now, it's going to be a banner year for Lester Munson. Let me tell you why. We have perjury. We have perjury. We have all kinds of goodies on the sports menu. We have the potential for not one, but two lockouts. Lester, I'm going to give you an item. You tell me where you think it will go during 2011. 
Okay. Number one, Roger Clemens. The Roger Clemens case is scheduled for trial in June in Washington, D.C., before Judge Walton. Walton is a very tough law-and-order kind of a judge. Roger Clemens has a brilliant lawyer in Rusty Harden. They will be ready for trial, but I am afraid that uh, Roger has a very powerful case against him. The prosecutors in that case have done a terrific job putting together the actual facts versus what Clemens said that contradicts those facts. They have him, I'm afraid, in a real bad corner on a perjury case. It'll be a three- or four-week trial, and then Roger Clemens is going to face some serious difficulty. All right. Uh, Barry Bonds, years ago, I mean, as far back as 2003, both uh, Munson and Kopik thought he would uh, at one time wear an orange jumpsuit. I would now make Barry Bonds a three-touchdown favorite to beat anybody involving legal authority. I think you're probably right. Uh, Barry Bonds charged with perjury in San Francisco. The trial begins in March. The judge has already expressed her opinion on the weakness of the government's case. She tried to dismiss the government's case. She has made rulings adverse to the government again and again. Uh, Bonds, uh, like Roger Clemens, has brilliant representation. And I think you're probably right. There's going to be a trial. There will be no plea bargain. Bonds is defiant, even though it is pretty obvious that he lied to the grand jury about his steroid use. The government cannot prove the case because his personal trainer, Greg Anderson, steadfastly remains in Bond's corner and refuses to testify for the government. The government prosecutors think they can cobble together a case here. Uh, I am afraid they have a probable loser on their hands, despite the fact that Bond's is guilty both of using the drugs and lying about them. A uh, reminder of uh, 98-99, uh, NBA club owners versus NBA players. Uh, a new collective bargaining agreement has got to be negotiated. Will there be NBA basketball before the month of January 2012? I think there might be. Uh, David Stern, uh, over the years, uh, knows what he wants. He's been very good at getting it. Uh, right now, they are pre- the the Stern and his owners are ple- preparing for a lockout. Uh, they are doing what they can to let the players know that they are d- dead serious about making some changes in the revenue structure. But I'm pretty sure that in this one, it'll be worked out. They may be locked out for a few weeks. They might lose a week or two of the season, mm-hmm. maybe three weeks. But I don't see them losing uh, any more than that. Stern knows what he wants. He's already got a pretty good situation. He just wants a few improvements, and chances are Billy Hunter, the leader of the Players Union, and the players, they will find a way to get together. It'll be tense for a while, but they will make a deal. Dan, you in no way see uh, something uh, that would be uh, the prototypical brawl we saw back in uh, 98-99, where the NBA was literally, in my opinion, just uh, several weeks away from canceling the entire schedule. No, I don't think they're going to get that close to that. The, the, The... Stern and his staff are making noises about that, but I think that's just part of the bargaining process. They're trying to get the players to understand they have to have some serious bargaining here, and the players are going to have to give back some things. And when you look at what the players have in the NBA and what the revenues are, there is room to maneuver there. Uh, By the way, Lester, as you and I drove over, you uh, 
related a very interesting story to me about a former defensive back with the Philadelphia Eagles by the name of uh, Troy Vincent. Explain how uh, Troy rather, uh, oh, shall we say, uh, knocked himself out of the picture for one particular job. There was a time when Troy Vincent was the odds-on favorite to succeed Gene Upshaw as the leader of the NFL Players Association. He worked there uh, on the staff. He was president of the union, elected by his fellow players for three or four years. Uh, He was an active, energetic guy. He seemed to be everywhere. Um, Then he and Upshaw had a bit of a falling out. Uh, Upshaw Upshaw somehow lost faith in him, but then Upshaw also died and was gone, and so there was no great voice against Troy Vincent when the union started looking for Upshaw's successor. So uh, they they brought it down to three or four or five candidates. Vincent was the leader in the clubhouse, but then they made a routine investigation. They hired the Kroll Investigation <laughs> Company. They thought they better check up on these guys just to make sure they're not overlooking something. And they get a credit report on Troy Vincent. And the credit report, whatever the minimum score is, 210 or 280, <laughs> that's where Vincent was. And we have a bunch of ball players here who, if nothing else, understand credit and credit reports. So when they look at what they have and what he has, that was the end of his candidacy. And now, of course, he's totally betrayed the players. He's gone to work for the league, helping the league to prepare for the lockout. All right, uh, the National Football League, uh, once again, uh, dealing with the uh, issue of 18-2, and two, which uh, I am vehemently opposed to. At one time, I was uh, very much an advocate of 18-2. and two. However, uh, the way the game is played physically today, we are inviting uh, an increase in post-concussion, an increase in uh, dementia, etc., etc. That being said, I'm of the opinion Roger Goodell, the NFLPA, will get a deal done in time for camps to open in 2011. That's where I think you and I are going to have to agree to disagree. I don't see how, given the preparation the owners have made so far, I don't see how they're going to come to an agreement. I think. So are you saying right now they have the players... Uh, basically handcuffed? They don't have them handcuffed, but they are going to make demands that the players cannot even begin to consider. The owners are convinced somehow that they are not making enough money. They're all making plenty of money, but they think that in the last deal, Upshaw somehow outsmarted Tagliabu. They don't want two-thirds of the revenue going to the players. They want to cut into that. The players are going to be reluctant to give back anything. The players, think about it, they only play four years. They're they're Mm -hmm. on average. And none of them, with the exception of some of the quarterbacks and some of the big stars, none of them are walking away uh, super wealthy. We're talking about most of the journeyman right. players. So that the, the union has to stick together. They're going to have to fight the owners. The lockout will begin in March or April, and I think chances are it could go into the regular season. You think they'll make a deal. It'll be interesting to see what happens. But this is a serious negotiation. I can see an impasse developing very quickly. Lester, I'm rolling dice that uh, they will make a deal for one reason. Even though they're guaranteed their television revenue for 2011, the owners, whether they play football or not, they will not want to embarrass and denigrate their uh, relationship with their um, uh, television partners. That will be the salvation that will bring football back. 
They understand, unlike all other owners, the importance of television to their basic structure. We all know that they share the television money equally. The Packers in a tiny market get the same amount of money as the Bears. Which, by the way, the happens Giants. to be a tribute to George Hallis, as you know. Absolutely. One of the, that may be his greatest legacy. I mean, that set up a structure for a league that became the greatest. Well, remember, he gave us Abe Gibran, too. Oh, I forgot. Okay, first Abe Gibran, then the structure of the National Football League, in that order. Yes, Abe, the great pumpkin out there. Wasn't he something? The, um, but I, I think, it, obviously, they understand the importance of the networks. They want the networks to have good programming. They have a wonderful thing going right now. They have increased revenue. Television audience is up 20% over the last three years. They are doing so well. Why would they try to do a lockout and make radical change? They may be smarter than I think they are, and they may come out the way you expect them to. There is nobody better. He is Lester Munson, legal expert, ESPN Radio. I'm Chet Kopik. We thank you for joining us. We uh, wish you the happiest of New Year's in 2011, along with uh, our tech operator, Dan Levy, the irrepressible Dan Levy. And a reminder, of course, Sports Court, brought to you by the great people at American Taxi, Chicago's number one suburban taxi service. All you people out in the burbs, whenever you think about uh, travel, remember, you'll always be happy, you'll always be comfortable, you'll always be safe and happy with American Taxi. We'll catch you next time around. You've been dialed in to Sports Court. So long, everybody.